scripture this morning comes from Romans 5, 12 through 17, and Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Therefore, just as sin came in the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned, sin was indeed the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift in the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. But he answered, It is written, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. <clears throat> this is the, the first Sunday in the season of Lent. And on Ash Wednesday, we did say that Lent is a season with 40 days, excluding Sundays. A season where we join Jesus in the journey to the cross. A season of meditation, of penitence, a season of personal reflection, a season of deeper spiritual growth. That's the season we go through. <clears throat> and, and, and it's ironic that on the first Sunday of the season of Lent, the word temptation comes into play. I wonder what would happen if there were no temptations. Have you ever, have you ever thought about it that way? I wonder what would happen if there were no temptations. Nobody's tempted to do anything they don't want to do. Because every Lenten season, Christians all over the world give up something they value most as a sign of their individual or collective sacrifice as the journey to the cross. I have heard people talk about, I gave up 
chocolates, I gave up vodka. <laughs> we all know people give up something. I've heard people giving up since I was a kid because I grew up in a community with a lot of Roman Catholics and they always brag about something they give up. I don't think I have ever, I have ever informed anyone about what I give up during the season of Lent. I don't think I've ever done that. But I do give up something every season of Lent. I, I just, I just think it's none of your business to know it. It's between me and God. That's, that's the way I think. It's between me and God. I, I go to him and pray and ask him to help me give up something in this sacrifice during the season of Lent. What are you giving up this season? What's your sacrifice? I don't want you to tell me. I want you to just reassure the person who already know what you're giving up. I want you to reassure the person who already know what your sacrifice is during this season of Lent, and that is God. But what, what are you giving up? What is your sacrifice? She was a member of Weight Watchers, and she was determined to make it through a full seven days without being tempted. And at times we go through that. We are determined not to yield to temptation. One day she stopped in a cafeteria just to get a cup of coffee. And she received the cup of coffee and sat down to drink this cup of coffee. And in came a man with two donuts and a cup of coffee. He sat down on the other side of the table. The pastries smelled truly delicious. But the woman remained faithful to a promise not to be tempted. Lo and behold, after a while, the man got up, leaving behind one whole donut. This woman looked at the donut, and the man was not there. He may not be coming back. And the woman grabbed the donut and started eating the donuts. In came the man with another cup of coffee. <laughs> Just picture the look on the face of the man. And maybe picture the look on the face of the woman also. Truth is, my friends, everyone has their own temptation. Every we are tempted. 
When was the last time you were tempted? Think about it. When was the last time you were tempted? I am tempted every evening. There is no doubt about that. Every evening. I would have eaten, I would have brushed, I would have just relaxed in bed and tempted to get some candy. Then I would say, no, I'm not doing it. Tempted to get some crackers. Then I remember my doctor, who is a member of the congregation, who says to me, if you're tempted at night, go for something natural. So go for a fruit. So I'll go down and get an apple. Doctor's advice. But every time I'm tempted to get something after everything should be over for the night. We all go through temptation. My friends, it is not a sin to be tempted, but it is certainly a sin to give into temptation. It is not a sin to be tempted. Most of us know that Jesus fought decisive battle with temptation. And that's the Sunday we celebrate today. He shared with his disciples his own struggle with the three temptations he experienced. The kids demonstrated to us this morning how Jesus was tempted three times. The first temptation, Jesus was tempted by the wrong use of power. That's it, power. To which he replied, man cannot live by bread alone. Satan says, everything will be all right. The second temptation, Jesus was also tempted by the wrong way to popularity. To which he replied, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Thirdly, Jesus was tempted by the wrong kind of partnership. To which he replied, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But that was Jesus. He knew what the scripture says. And he can address his tempter by using the words of the Bible. My friends, temptation comes in a variety of packages and there is not one of us immune to those temptations. We have all fought our battles with the beast called temptation. Sometimes we are tempted morally with morality, ethics. Sometimes it is with power. Sometimes it is with greed. Sometimes it is prestige. And sometimes it is even jealousy. The devil is there. Someone has said, and rightly so, that opportunity knocks only once. I'm sure we've all had that. Opportunity knocks only once. And then this person concludes, it's temptation that keeps banging on your doors. And yes, temptation keeps banging every day. Every day. Once there was a small boy who wanted a pair of skates. His parents, open to teach him the value of money, informed him that he would 
have to save the required amount from his allowance. If you want these kids, that's fine. You have to save the money yourself. His mother overheard him in his room one afternoon, shaking his bank and counting his money. Then she, she heard the bell on the, on, the, on, on the ice cream wagon ringing loudly in the street outside. Remember, the boy was saving his money. And that day he was counting his money. But then came the ice cream wagon, my friends. Mom waited to see what would happen. The boy wanted his kids, but he also liked ice cream. There was no sound from the room until the vehicle had gone and the bell could no longer be heard. Then a childish voice was heard in the room in prayer. Dear Jesus, please don't let the ice cream wagon come down my street anymore. He was tempted. Jesus knew the power of temptation over the human heart. And so he taught his disciples how to deal with it. And if you listen carefully to the children's message this morning, that's how it concluded. That's how it concluded. Belinda told them they're going to be tempted. And listen to the instruction Jesus gave to the disciple on the night he was betrayed. And he came out and went and as it was his custom. He went to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Belinda said to the kids, when you're tempted, when temptation come, you go to Jesus and you pray. And that's what Jesus said to the disciples. Pray that you are not tempted. Therefore, take note of the link, the linkage between prayer and temptation. It is interesting to note that when Jesus returned to the disciples that night at Gethsemane, he found them asleep. And when he woke them up, he instructed them once again, rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. There is a link between prayer and temptation. Jesus is telling us that the first step in dealing with temptation is to pray. You cannot defeat temptation by yourself. Because at times that's what we think. I'm strong enough. No, you cannot defeat temptation by yourself. Pray that you do not fall into temptation. How many of us pray when temptation comes? M. Scott Peck, 
The author of the book, The Road Less Traveled, once observed that the word evil, I'm not good in spelling, so let's spell it together. E-V-I-L. How many letters? I-L. E-V-I-L. How many letters? Four letters. Mr. Peck says the word evil is the word L-I-V-E spelled backwards. Are you getting it now? Temptation, my friends, is the devil's way of turning things around, of leading us away from life. Evil. We live our lives being tempted every day. For when we enter into temptation, we walk away from life. We choose behavior that is anti-life. We fall into habits that are not healthy. And we expose ourselves to influences that are anything but good, but wholesome, and but lasting. Pray, says Jesus, that you may not even enter into temptation. And this is the season, a season of prayer. A season for some of not only prayer, but a season of prayer and fasting. And Jesus says to the disciples then, and he says to his disciples today and forever, pray that you do not even experience temptation. And some people fall into temptation, but a great many make plans for disaster ahead of time. They make the plans. It's like the boy and his father. My son ordered a father. Don't swim in that canal today. Don't go there and swim. Okay, dad, answered the boy. But he came home carrying a wet bathing suit that evening. Where have you been? Swimming in the canal, answered the boy. Didn't I tell you not to swim there? Yes, sir, answered the boy. Then why did you do that? Well, dad, the boy explained. I had my bathing suit with me and I couldn't resist the temptation. Why did you take your bathing suit with you? He questioned. The answer, so I'll be prepared to swim in case I was tempted, he replied. <laughs> yes, indeed, my friends, some people fall into temptation, but a great many make plans for disaster ahead of time. It is the first Sunday of the season of Lent. Pray that you do not experience temptation. It is not the pastor's voice. It is the message from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ himself. Pray that you may not fall into temptation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God's people say, Amen. Amen.